Hello and welcome to Hey Art What's Good. We are a podcast based in the north of England where we like to go round to cool art things and see what's good with them. My name is Alice. And I'm Rosie. And we have a special guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, hello. My name's Laura, Laura Sillers. I'm, I'm director of MEMA. Yes, so we are actually at MEMA right now. We're yeah. in your office. Yes. It's a very nice office. The sun has just decided to come out, so I'm glad we moved away from that corner because it's very bright. It's lovely. <laughs> We're normally in a basement, so this is definitely an upgrade. And thank you so much for having us. Ah, <laughs> you're very welcome. And you can see the sun's now pouring in that side. It would, wouldn't have been very nice to be staring at it. No, 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 not so much. Blinded. <laughs> well, it is April. It's only just coming out, isn't it? So we've had yes. a long summery su- weekend Yes. Yeah. over we Easter. We're all giddy from it. We are, yeah. I've got too much vitamin D too quick. I definitely did. Yeah. Major sunburn. Don't know if I've already talked about it on the podcast, but I'm literally telling every yeah. single person I meet. So... Does a why you wear sun cream, guys? Sorry. <laughs> My bad. I always get burned. Like, as the first time the sun's out, I get burned. And then... After that, I'm good. I just need to learn my lesson every single year. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about being in the north. There isn't quite as much sun. Yeah. yeah you it's don't easy get to forget. To you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we are here today to talk about uh, one of the exhibitions that the meme has got on. It's called Liquid Crystal Display. And there's just so much stuff in it. It's fantastic. It's yeah. all about literally anything to do with crystals that you can think of. It's to do with kind of spirituality, um, kind of history, bit more kind of industrial kind of mining crystals and all that kind of stuff and technology yeah, and like goes into like geology and like geography and politics surrounding those things and we really recommend giving it a look yes so one thing i want to ask um with us not being directors or curators or anything is how did you go about kind of putting the show together hmm so as you're talking i'm thinking a lot a lot of the time a really good show would be a very tight proposition <laughs> but this this show is a bit like a crystal in Ooh. that it goes in all sif- sorts of different directions and it's it, the idea was that it kind of shimmered and you would go you could go into the exhibition and have a physical visual experience you didn't yeah. have to go in there with all this huge amount of knowledge but that you would um be you know you could go in there as an adventurer almost so that was a big bit of thinking for how would we make something that was um, not just contemporary art, but a visual experience. Yeah. Oh, I love that. All of those words were amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that was great. <laughs> I want to be an art adventurer. And I think everyone deep down wants to be an art adventurer. Or just, yeah, like to be able to explore something that really could be quite inaccessible to quite a lot of people. Because it's like this barrier of art and science and like all these crazy like facts about like, there's loads of lab stuff I like yeah. picked up on and like all these really theoretical concepts but it is I found it very exciting and yeah as you say like visually appealing which kind of is a nice entry point yeah and I learned a lot yes oh, well, that's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> like just going in like I don't know much about science or crystals or all that kind of stuff so a fun educational experience as well as like a cool art one yeah so uh, I've done this show twice now mm-hmm. and I think it's probably worth it in the two iterations it's very different oh, so okay. the first one was at Site Gallery which um, I was director of before here at MEMA and the whole idea was that we were building a new building there which was based around one big art gallery mm-hmm. and we wanted to create an experience that people would come in it was contemporary art but it would 
reach out to a range of different kinds of audiences in the city. And so um, we worked with the artist Anna Barham, okay. who has created, you know, this, the sculptural forms on which all of the artworks sit. I don't know if you, did you notice that bit? Yes, yes, yes. I was actually, we, I have a curation corner segment and I love curation, even though full disclaimer, I don't actually really know that much about it. Just kind of dabbled as an artist and an art student. So I like vaguely know and just going to galleries all the time. But do you mean like the, um, the kind of wooden... Um, panels and there's like that see-through material that like kind of um, divide up the room with the brackets is that absolutely such a cool curational decision because the meme is a white cube space or this space is and it's completely different every time I've been so I love that a lot of exhibitions have had like colored walls but this is like next level and it this is like the a raw material vibe to it that I really enjoyed. I've actually written it in my notes because I picked up on it and <laughs> want you to tell me everything. <laughs> well, I mean, that's great because I'm, I'm really glad you noticed it because it is a little... <laughs> I was wondering if, how subtle it would be. But um, so Mima is four rooms and Sight Gallery was one big room. Mm-hmm. So the structure between the two different places, it's the same structure, same material, same brackets, but oh, okay. completely oh. reconfigured within oh. the space. So Anna, she's an artist, but she studied maths at Cambridge before she became an artist. Love it. And so when I asked her, I, I told I was fascinated by crystals. I was fascinated by the fact that, so we see, I'm holding my iPhone, we yeah. see mm-hmm. our technology as this kind of completed material, this sort of prefabricated mm-hmm. um, stuff that we see as a final object and we don't question it. But it is actually made up of glass, of gold of silver of iron of in the average computer I'm pointing at my laptop (laughs) is there's more than 60 different minerals in the average computer wow Um, wow. so actually these assemblages are assemblages of the natural world Mm -hmm. and but we see them as something other as this kind of hovering material in magical space yeah because we love to stroke it and it takes (laughs) us into these other worlds um so I was I'd talked to Anna quite a bit about this and realized that the exhibition was going to be very free-ranging going in lots of different directions and I was really interested in the idea of the cabinet of curiosities yeah which is um you know what the old sort of Victorian collectors would have commissioned to put their exciting mineral collections or their bird egg collections yeah. or, you know <laughs> like in a way it was like the first museums but fascinating because the way they were curated was usually just by category which is obviously that was potentially a trend and is already like carried on in a lot of museums and galleries but I like that this is completely I I wouldn't have picked up on that honestly well so I was thinking about crystals and then they were by category but in Sheffield we had this amazing collection of the Ruskin collection yeah and Ruskin he was a very important figure because he was a naturalist and had a lot of um important thinking about the environment and also wrote you know really weird essays about dust (laughs) and you know kind of um was quite expansionist in his approach but he set up a museum in Sheffield for the working men as it was at the time um to expand their horizons and you know it's a bit paternalistic and there's kind of some issues with it but mm-hmm. nevertheless he but he brought together this fantastic collection of materials which still now exists in Sheffield 
And when I went to see them, because I was thinking about this exhibition, um, was talking to the curator there who looks after the Ruskin collection. Mm -hmm. She said the way that he curated his collection was more akin to flower arranging. So, So he wanted, he created visual connections between things like yeah. that yeah. it's very artistic very satisfying <laughs> <laughs> rather than yeah th- this is this kind of geograph this kind of geological yeah. facet here and now I'm going to put another thing <laughs> with a very similar geological facet here yeah and, um it seemed it seemed like a really nice riff to take his method of um visually connecting things more right. appropriate for an art gallery potentially yeah, I mean, there's different ways of doing things and that, you know, it doesn't look like a cabinet of curiosities what mm-hmm. Anna's created. She's curate she's curated a sculpture and it's actually it's quite funny hearing her talk about it because mm-hmm. I, I used the word dust before and um Ruskin wrote it this important book book essay about dust and um Anna talks about dust because she says <laughs> you know a crystal forms in a very geometric pattern so she researched mm. how crystals formed in order to make this sculpture and um when a tiny piece of dust or material falls on a crystal then it it changes the arrangement of what happens oh. next Ooh. so she sees all of the artworks that are on her sculpture as dust <laughs> it's growing like naturally in like in an organic way but in this like regimented way as well is that the word i wanted yeah regimented? i mean it's yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. absolutely and so it is a very structured process and actually she ended up doing that in cad design drawings you know oh, so yeah. so she would draw everything and we would give her lists of what artworks were coming in and their dimensions and mm. then we would have this dialogue about what could go where and how she could build a structure that would facilitate these yeah. different objects. Um, so it was a very creative process um, feeding into the yeah, sculpture and the it. structure as well as then thinking about what objects would sit where Ooh. and how in the two very different spaces. Yeah, that's, that's amazing because awesome. that almost indicates that like the exhibition as a whole is one artwork and then within that artwork there are other artworks which and like as you say like you kind of when you think of a lovely like think of the most typical like crystal arrangement that you get like I'm thinking like hippie shops kind of scenario (laughs) and stuff so like and then you get the main crystal and then little little crystals like jagging off of it and it's almost like that main crystals the exhibition as a whole and then you get all these little bonuses which like (laughs) because the way that these partitions are put up really does like fragment the space but it also means there are little like pockets that you can like kind of like little caves almost and then I'm thinking of like yeah like look like you say being an adventurer and like exploring this landscape where it's actually an art gallery and there's art everywhere (laughs) (laughs) and it's really cool that just the curation I think when the first time so the first time we came here was the opening night for the this exhibition and then I've just today day of recording gone back round and both occasions I made so many notes on just the curation so I'm really happy that we got to talk about it with you (laughs) but it definitely was a collaboration and I should say so I was the artistic director at site gallery and I worked with um Angelica Sewell who was the curator there and she played a really key role in um you know it was co-curated and we also had Sarah Cluggish who's now in Minneapolis and she Ooh. did initial some of the initial research on yeah. it and then I've moved here to Mima and I've worked with Helen Welford 
who's one of our assistant curators here, and she's also brought this new dimension of bringing in MEMA collection items because we wanted it to yeah. talk to the place because there's these really interesting relationships between Sheffield, for instance, um, with its steel histories. Yeah, it's great industrial pasts for both of them. Exactly, and then coming to Middlesbrough. So then we've got um, uh, objects from the ground here in Middlesbrough as well. So we've got some crystals from the Dolman Museum. Yeah. And they sit next to the Ruskin crystals. And so it's this thing of, you know, what lies beneath? What's digging, what do you find when you dig in the ground? And these mining yeah. histories as well. So if you go to the pub at High Force, for instance. Yeah. I was just there last week. Oh, oh awesome. awesome. <laughs> if you, what you might have noticed if you, at the bar, they've got this tiny little crystal collection. Oh, I didn't notice that. That sounds awesome. <laughs> but they, there's quite a few pubs in the northeast have got these little crystal collections because that's Aww. what miners were finding when they were yeah. down there that's so in awesome. the earth. Wow, I never knew that. I'm going to keep an eye out now. Because we always go to like lovely pubs up in Northumberland. So I need to like keep an eye out for crystals. You have to go on a mission now. Okay. And please go back to that pub, probably with your dad and the dogs. Yeah. And take a picture and ask the barman about it. Yeah. That would be awesome. We'll put it on the Instagram. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorted. Watch this space. (laughs) Because I think that was one of the spirits of, you know, it wasn't just bringing an exhibition from Sheffield to Middlesbrough. It was being part of a discussion a dialogue yeah, and like really incorporating like this area into it yeah and then the collect so we've got some of the collection works for instance um wh- well one of them speaks of the story of a of a minor here yeah no, no compensation yeah and it's got crystal stuck actually. onto it yeah, yeah exactly and he happened to be working for the wrong kind of mine and so mm-hmm. didn't get compensation for um lung cancer and yeah. so there's these very different, you know, some of it's um, beautiful and shimmery and shiny and um, tantalizing, but some of the story of this is, oh, it's not exactly well, a story. it has like a dirty undertone because it's essentially, it is dirt, as you say, it's yeah. dust and rocks and earth. And although they're beautiful and shiny and sparkly and crystals and magical in a way, they're also rocks yeah. <laughs> so it's like there's that double-sided there's the beauty of them and they're useful and gorgeous but then also like there's quite a dark history and a foggy in like industrial side of this and in a few of the pieces both historically and in contemporary politics it's really like heightened emotions all over the place oh yeah and it really like this is something that does affect all of our lives and we don't even notice it or we, we take it for granted or like a whole bunch of things it just goes so overlooked yeah. so it's really cool to have all of these like facts and ideas and theories in one place but I think it's overlooked in the sense that we forget that you know I guess the exhibition argues we live in a liquid crystal era. Yeah. That we're being facilitated. Our relationships, we're stroking this material on our phones and watching it every night. I want everyone listening to this to have a look at what you're using to listen to this on. And have a look at your screens, please. And just actually look at the object. Don't look at what what is on the screen. Like, look away from our logo, please. (laughs) And (laughs) actually look at it. Because this, there's, when you walk in, there's a video of... Is it the components of a phone, like a touchscreen? Yeah, well, yeah. The, that's the cool uh, hologram thingy, isn't yeah. it? I can't remember who, who did that Well, one, that's but... by a... It, that was a piece of interpretation rather than an artwork, but it's mm. by Animex, who are a local um, oh, okay. sort of media, VR mm-hmm. um Oh, I want to argue that is an artwork. Oh, oh yeah. No, it I isn't. Mean. Well, it is a bit of beautiful it, Everything design. is art. That's what we're here to argue. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, well, I put that in because I felt 
people needed more interpretation as to what was going on and that was a way of just rooting it yeah here's a phone break it down glass um, you know liquid yeah. crystal is is this material that was found sort of discovered in the 1880s no one knew what to do with it until the 1960s the um you know they described it as liquid crystal when they first discovered it the scientists but um because of this very special way that it moved between being a semi-solid and a semi-liquid state yeah and then when you put electricity through it it changes the way that the molecules order themselves and so it polarizes light in this really interesting way Mm -hmm. so you know and then it was in the 1960s when people actually figured out what to do with it and then you've got yeah sort of sanio sony watches yeah. and you know with liquid crystal displays yeah. just basically black and gray yes i think i'm wearing a watch of well, kind they... of an example of that <laughs> <laughs> exactly and but it's the people the people who saw who invented that stuff were working in the labs in the west coast of america at the same time that it's the hippie revolution it's the 1960s it's big light shows where people are burning minerals on overhead projectors and having these psychedelic experiences Mm -hmm. and so enwrapped in this exhibition is these ideas of industrial heritage but Mm -hmm. also innovation and what do you need to innovate and what do you what's the imaginary space of innovation not Mm -hmm. just the physical tools that you might work with how do you make those big conceptual leaps between burning minerals on an overhead projector and then turning it into some sort of consumable technology yeah I think I've made a note in my book here that perfectly like corresponds to what you're saying there because I was just basic thoughts was I've got trippy psychedelic new age aesthetics is like present for like quite a lot of the pieces and Mm. it's just like like sprinkling a sprinkling of just some hippie things (laughs) I call them hippie things but I think people know what I mean yeah (laughs) um but then there's like an underlying like theme of a much more scientific approach and as we were saying like a dirtier kind of background of the history of this sort of stuff and mm-hmm. yeah so there's these kind of two what could be like conflicting ideas but then like within like with harmony within yeah. art <laughs> but then I've like I don't know what have I gone on to say that like oh yeah that like crystals as well like have confirmed in this recording very aesthetic very pretty everybody likes them but they're very popular at the minute for like decor and stuff like that yeah but then and the fact that we just don't seem to not care but realize how important they are historically and in the present day like it's um really I just felt that was really I picked up on that basically within the exhibition so and again I want to say it's all curation like it's (laughs) all the goddamn curation (laughs) sorry I'm really passionate about it it's just so well done and the like (laughs) no it's true (laughs) and I'm just like so genuinely excited by like I just I think I'm like you I just like crystals so <laughs> <laughs> it all comes down to yeah. just love a good crystal I love a good crystal I love a bit of art and I love good curation all of these <laughs> things can be found at the Mima there come on go. guys <laughs> what more is there <laughs> yeah but I think that there is that darker history which is you know who whose land is this from How, who's digging it up who's benefiting mm. from this stuff who's you know, there's um, one of the discussions in the Tees Valley at the moment is about the circular economy. And you, you you travel down, one of the things I've done since I've got here, which I recommend for one of your podcasts, Ooh. is to go on a boat okay. down 
the River Tees. It is phenomenal. You see, because okay. you see industry all laid out um, amongst nature. So when I was Ooh. there, there was three seals, and then oh um, my God. seals yeah, in the tees. Yeah, they swim what? up from the sea. Um, That's so cool. And then you can go under all the bridges, but then you see these massive stacks of um, essentially minerals in yeah. piles waiting to become things. Or oh, there's there's this um, mine which goes all the way from around here through to Whitby mm-hmm. and it oh, taking out salt. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got all this history with chemicals, you know, you've got these raw materials that essentially are going to become some other form of chemical. Yeah. And, and you see it all, you see the infrastructure of, that we depend upon in the 21st century just by this one river trip. Um, That's amazing. So that I is... took this trip and, you know, you just start thinking about what is this stuff and where is it coming from? And, you know, we, we talk a lot here about wanting to develop more of the circular economy rather than the extraction economy. Yeah. But, you know, some of this stuff is coming from Africa or, and, well, the, one of the first works that you see by Suzanne Traster mm-hmm. when you come into the exhibition, um, Rare Earth Elements, this yes. sort yeah. of mad like medieval of mystic drawing which connects... Um, all of these different bits of type of rare earth yeah, minerals. It, it almost looks because it is huge, and it almost looks like um, like a constellation or an alchemy yeah, drawing. It does, or, yeah, but it's yeah. Well, that's where it's that is where it's come from because she looks back to these medieval mystical drawings, which were to connect information. They weren't just drawings to look nice; they were drawings mm-hmm. to diagrams. Diagrams, yeah, yeah that were actively um, computed computing different forms of information so you look at this corner and then it connects it to this corner so it's this disparate information Mm -hmm. and she's showing how these rare earth elements are coming from all of these different places Ethiopia or you know wherever and then and they're very difficult to extract from the ground and Mm. they're very difficult to re-extract from the technology once they're in it embedded in it and so there's all these questions about what is our technical technological infrastructure reliant on and what's it doing and and then you get to the end of the show and it's kind of about fossils and technology as fossils of the future yeah i think what you were saying about um kind of whose land is this and because the meme has always been really good at like reflecting middlesbrough which is why we're quite taken with it because we think more galleries should be like this especially like big institutions like the MEMA mm-hmm. should be more reflective of where they are in the North, particularly because uh, the North has some really interesting and cool things to say. And about industry, for example, is like industries in the North, like as an art theme has been quite popular. And this is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. But I think this actually links well with one of the pieces that Alice has told me is her favorite. Yes. Um, I was just going to talk about that. I'm um, talking about like, it's not necessarily yeah. There's a rare earth element, uranium. That's is that a rare earth element? Try again. Rare earth element. But it was like saying before how I like learned some stuff. It turns out I knew nothing about Greenland. Still don't know too much about Greenland. But it's the documentary piece in like the the room to the right, um, which kind of uh, encapsulates like a very kind of current discussion about mining because obviously like Newcastle in the north has got like a huge mining industry and you're saying still present in Middlesbrough um but this concern in this piece looks at uh, uranium mining in Greenland in this tiny little town and like 
I think a, a phrase used a lot in it is that the town is like very much like literally split down the middle in terms of deciding like what to do, like whether to mine for uranium to kind of like gain a financial independence or like a bit of sovereignty from Denmark or to like not even think about doing it because it'll ruin the, the beautiful landscape. And it's just so interesting to just find out about that first of all, but it's kind of like still an ongoing issue at the minute. Like there's uh, a little end slate at the end. I don't know if you did you watch the full yeah, thing. Yeah, I watched the yeah. full thing. Um, at the end, saying how a decent sized share of um, the what's it called the company that would run like minerals and yeah. like natural resources and stuff in Greenland was bought by this big Chinese mining company. So it's kind of linking back to what you're saying, how all this stuff comes from like everywhere in the world. Um, and it's just globalization in it. Yeah, that's the technical. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the terminology. We're a business but, podca- podcast. <laughs> you've got your blazer on, so yeah, <laughs> business. <laughs> but um, just that's one of the things I didn't really expect to to see here. Just generally, like a, a documentary, because mm-hmm. lots of moving image pieces are a lot more conceptual. There are like a, quite a few conceptual, like moving image based stuff. Yeah, which I thought was were yeah. really cool. And but it would like it tugged on the heartstrings. There's a moment in it where. Oh, people One are crying. woman's fully crying yeah. and she has to like take a moment and then the person filming obviously asks like is she okay and she just like has to like mm-hmm. pull it together but it's oh god like I feel like I feel like I want to be part of that discussion or yeah that actually there's probably discussions like that going on way closer to home that we don't consider because this isn't this is overlooked as I say like look at your phone screen that you're probably listening to this podcast on like no one actually looks at the black mirror mm. actually as an object it's just almost like a crystal and it is just this magical thing that we accept yeah uh, oh it's just this beautiful thing that makes my life easier or like and offers me something beautiful and great and that's it and I don't want to look into it any further mm. but I think we're all now realizing a lot more uh that through like environmental debates especially at the minute that we need to pay attention. We need to actually look at the world around us. We need to understand what we use and how we use it and how these systems can be improved or changed. And, well, we think that art's a cool way to start that discussion. Yeah. I mean, I agree. (laughs) Good. (laughs) good. (laughs) But that's that's why, in a way, you know, the exhibition is all about the environment. Mm -hmm. It is all about issues of ecology. Um, systems theory and lots of that uh, material that came out of cybernetics and computer theory actually is the same group of people that developed the concept of ecology yeah so you know we do but I didn't want to create an exhibition that's like ticking you off and telling you you've got to do this and you've got to behave like this it's more like how do we start raising awareness of the infrastructure that we depend upon. But also, which I think, and hopefully the exhibition makes this point, is that there's a visual, there's a material visual quality that we are addicted to actually, that comes through this stuff that is almost like a rainbow. It's iridescent, it's, um, you know, and that kind of psychedelic Mm -hmm. um, hyper-visuality that is totally in our lives is from and is being produced by this very material force. Yeah. And so it's a particular kind of image set that we're exchanging between us Mm -hmm. that is essentially material. Anyone that like has listened to this podcast a lot knows I'm obsessed with the concepts of like virtual reality. And I think that's a pretty good like 
description what you've just said is we have almost created this like virtual reality that we are so involved in that that we don't pay attention to the actual reality that we are in and so we're neglecting what is essentially keeping the human race alive yeah (laughs) it's we're just we're not killing the planet we're just killing ourselves yeah well there's another uh, video piece that i think kind of represents that in a fun way it's um anathema it's by the otolith group which is a cool name for a group but it's like lots of found footage of um like tv commercials and stuff like that and it's been given a very kind of um weird overlay and like edit done to it which like makes it look like it's infused with images of like microscopic like liquid crystals so like like very really puts that as a layer of everything you see because it's kind of talking about how everything pretty much in those like commercials and bits of tv and stuff like rely on that but you just don't see mm-hmm. it so that's a really like fun and strange like a behind way. the scenes yeah. but really abstract yeah <laughs> and it has a bit of a almost sort of a love story-ish feel in it and then when the relationships start breaking down you st- you move they do this device where this the screen cracks and suddenly you see the liquid crystal underneath the surface yeah. of the screen and it's it's in a way that that piece is the underpinning argument for the show that we're being we're uh-huh. living in yeah. this liquid crystal world facilitated by this material but that we only notice it when it breaks yes yeah. absolutely Ooh. there's um was a there's a book called the marvelous clouds which i love and um the writer john peter durham he oh sorry john durham peter <laughs> i need to double check which way round he's got the durham in the middle and um he he writes that infrastructure tends towards invisibility yeah it's just we don't see it until it breaks yeah, yeah. like i it's, think that's my supposed mom to be like always the... says like bad news travels fast so if if she doesn't hear from me like when i was at uni for example if she didn't hear from me it's because she assumed everything was going great mm-hmm. and then if she did like and then because if something went wrong i'd immediately be on the phone to her yeah and it's kind of like that like if a system is working you don't notice it because yeah. that's the point you don't need to notice it because you don't need to continually be fixing all the problems so that's but then we don't like then we can't possibly know what's actually wrong uh. yeah well, i was gonna say that about editing like you're Ooh. a good editor if no one notices the Reddit. editing choices yeah. so it's just a similar thing that's what i do yeah thank you by the way for edi- like editing literally every episode of Everton. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> and being invisible because of it yeah, yeah. In the edit process <laughs> Part the the glamour of the job, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, did you notice there was actually a piece of uranium in the show as well? Yes. Is that n- next to the video? Yeah. Yeah. I just like I just like noting that because although it is a um, it is a documentary made by an artist, Lisa mm. Ottagina and Joshua Portway, and they um, I think Lisa's actually she she's an amazing artist and she lives on a boat. Oh um, wow! What a cool. I sentence. know she's, <laughs> she's very cool, but she I think she actually has bought a piece of land in Greenland. So that, oh. like you, she wants to be part of the debate. Yeah, and so actually owning a slice of land, even if it's a small, very small slice, means that you're more formally part of the debate yeah. than you would be if you were, you know, just sort of floating over that mm-hmm. and you know popping in to make an artwork and yeah recording people's stories and then leaving again you're not just like a spectator exactly. i think we talked about that a little bit in like a social context with small town small Inertia, town Inertia, yeah where it's about um like the vulnerable people in our communities but this artist wasn't just kind of 
that's like a popular thing to talk yeah. about at the minute especially and with artists like, to document yeah like especially with like documentary photography and documentary filmmaking people yeah. like just kind of swan in get the content then leave but um it was j.a mortram yes and he like fully this is people in his community and he's actually documenting people he knows like he'll get to know them and then he'll start documenting like what they have to say and who they are and it's it's that artists i think famously and historically maybe have kind of just visited and been spectators and then can leave but i think with everyone really when you like actually be more invested and be more present and this is i think this is just for everything we've talked about today that applies yeah so listeners please <laughs> just be more present i'm trying trying very very hard yeah don't always get it right but practice makes perfect that's true <laughs> that's true <laughs> well it's very difficult to you know that's one of the things in terms of not doing a show which is just like do this do that um the environment's really challenging and you've got to you know we've got to save the earth and, and that yeah. feels totally overwhelming yeah. and <laughs> um dystopic and also you feel completely disempowered and you don't know what to do about it i think there is that thing thinking about well what can one individual do and then also what can um groups of individuals or corporations or collectives do mm-hmm. so there's it's definite there's definitely stuff in there about how you make choices in yeah. and be more mindful about what you're consuming uh, mm-hmm. whether it's technology or whatever but I think there's also a thing in there which is just recognizing the smallness of our individual contributions and how the um in order to make something a, something with a bigger impact it can't just be at an entirely singular yeah. unit level the, mm-hmm. we need some yeah. more structural collaborative yeah. change invisible structures please yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe some visible ones because the, <laughs> the things about the invisible ones is that then the power that flows through them is also invisible that's true yeah yeah Ooh, profound <laughs> <laughs> what, what okay, was cool. your favorite piece then so yours was Ooh. the lisa Tagina. yes what was yours rosie well i don't know if it's my favorite but it's the one i've been telling everyone about so i'm going to go with it there's oh I'm gonna be the worst because I've actually forgotten who the artist is but there's this one piece where it's like a circuit board in a solution and because I've now been to the preview and like the opening night or whatever you want to call it and I've been today the idea was I was really excited when I first saw it and this is what I've been telling everyone about it's basically like a circuit board in a tank with some clear solution in it and that's all it was when I first saw it and now I've returned Ooh. it had the prophecy has come true that there was something in this solution that now is means like crystals have grown on this circuit board and it seems like I, I don't know it's just I, now through this discussion it's like well that's very like almost an obvious visual link to make mm-hmm. but still really cool and I like I art that grows almost because a lot of art is the other way around where maybe it uses like flowers and things and it like deteriorates but this is the opposite it's like blossoming yeah and that's really it's like putting it in the gallery was just the starting point and then it's gonna like grow and do more cool stuff and there's like this cool visual link between this like green and metallic circuit board thing i don't know anything about computers (laughs) can you tell (laughs) um and it's all like structured and right angles and looks really 
techy and very visually pleasing. I like, I think they yeah. look really cool. Um, <laughs> And then also the structure of the crystals and their geometric shapes. Yeah. And just like, have, like I'm so glad I could come back and see it. Um, but yeah, that's one I've been telling everyone about because I think that's a really good, just easy link to be, you know, I'd say, oh, you should go to the Mima. There's this exhibition on. And then people ask me what it is and what it's about. I give them a little like try and explain what all these complicated themes are about. Mm-hmm. But that's the one I always use as an example because it is kind of obvious, but just beautiful. It's so, just a lovely concept. And I think it's accompanied by, tell me if I'm wrong, accompanied by some videos. And it's just, I'm not gonna lie, it just looks like people pissing about in a lab. It's so (laughs) awesome. I I wish I could do that. No, I'm not joking. There's one bit, there's a shot where someone's like doing something science-y. I'm not gonna pretend I know what they're doing. But um. There's just like a can of beer there. Oh, nice. (laughs) And they just look like they're having the best time, just like playing with science and making some crystals and just, yeah, like having a good time. And I like looking at people having a good time. (laughs) Oh, there you go. That's good then. (laughs) Yeah, I have a, like all through university, I did look at, like I used my art practice to look at science because I'm just generally interested in science, but I don't have... I don't consider myself to have a very scientific mind, but I'm interested in a lot of scientific theories. So I I personally used art to understand science, understand science that I couldn't otherwise understand. And I think that there is one of the amazing values of art is that you can use it to explore difficult concepts or taboo subjects and things that are otherwise hard like as we were saying like environmental issues are very overwhelming and can make you feel helpless and that you're just like a tiny cog in a humongous machine but through art you can kind of hone in on a few different subjects and translate it into something that everyone can understand and this this is why it's so important that art is accessible yes absolutely we've talked quite a bit about the fun kind of melding of um art and science and like we went down to the welcome collection in london and that was like another example of just cool coolness like that so it's it's nice that it's here as well (laughs) yeah a little bit closer to home yeah (laughs) so i think that i mean they are that is essentially what they were doing they were in a lab having fun yeah <laughs> and it was called the crystal world project and oh, they okay. um and actually that's based on the jj ballard book of the same name the crystal world oh. and that's the story of um the lead character sorry for the spoiler oh, no. i can't i can't <laughs> say it. spoiler well, alert to another piece as <laughs> yes well. that's yes. relevant okay, to yeah. the <laughs> other piece the Anne leaselgaard piece where she sort of makes that up in a yeah. in a 3d I graphic love that one yeah <laughs> and um that story is that some you know the man he's going into the forest and he realizes that the forest Everything that forest touches is turning to crystal, this sort of green bejeweledness, wow. and that it's horrifying and also tantalizing and draw you know it draws yeah. you in at the same time. And obviously, you can kind of imagine it spins out for a while, and then eventually he himself submits himself to the forest. Ooh. And it's that um, they took they they um, produced these artists that made the lab project. Mm-hmm. They also produced a Crystal World Reader where they gathered lots of different texts together um, about crystals. And and actually the concept of crystal punk came around for a while, which was this sort of Sounds DIY... Cool. Um, techie hacker I've never movement. heard of this. It yeah, it's sounds a, so 
amazing. What? <laughs> there was a crystal punk manifesto and it's all about um, a little bit kind of this anti-science, but well, not anti-science, but anti-structured science. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so one of the influences for this show was um, a writer called Goethe. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this beautiful book called The Theory of Colour. And um, he, I think it's about 100 years, he publishes about 100 years after Newton has produced lots of theories around yeah. um, visuality. Yeah. And um, But Goethe is like, you have to go and do this in your own home. So he's really anti the, the scientific revolution, which is um, specialising and stripping science away from the ordinary man yeah. and he's saying you know his book is all this um set of experiments that you can do in your parlor and he even writes about where you can get the right kind of prism from oh, and wow. um so you get the and he and that he's talking punk. exactly he's talking about how um exciting it is to see this stuff and what how beautiful a mineral looks like when it's burned and um how light can look different through different kinds of prismatic shapes and it's a you know he's saying also how much newton who's part of the scientific revolution is um i don't know moving away from the sensory and the tactile and the observation i mean you might have noticed there were some pieces in the show um which were from the 1880s. Yes. These drawings. The scientific drawings. Yeah, by Mungo Ponton, who was a Scottish scientist. And he started looking through microscopes because he was an inventor and he specifically developed some um, chemicals to do with photography. So he's interested in inventing and in photography. So naturally he starts looking at crystals through a microscope, looking at how they polarise light. Mm-hmm. and how and he does these beautiful hand drawings of that color being polarized through these objects so you know the the sort of theory of color from um goethe is that everything that is colored tends to life yeah. and this energetic vibrancy whereas everything that's gray tends towards death yeah and so he's asking his viewer to his reader to use their own eyes and appreciate the world and um be a scientist but not in the sort of hyper specialized yeah. environment mm-hmm. we're and that's all what scientists I, deep inside like we're all <laughs> artists really <laughs> but I, I think that's what those guys are doing in that lab they're yeah. they're sort of destroying technology to find out what's its mineral parts yeah. they're taking in a, in that way they're sort of taking ownership of this stuff and saying i'm not satisfied with it just being the consumer of the final technological product i want to get 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 inside (laughs) Um, and it is truly like i was marveling at their health and safety precautions which were (laughs) questionable at best like i'm sure they're just like in t-shirts and some people have like fully like full suits on and a full face mask and then right next to them is just someone in normal clothes and i'm like what's going on this is incredible <laughs> in the way that I'm actually like is the word incredulous like what? yeah yeah just like just what yeah <laughs> excuse me <laughs> but yes and it is I'm so glad I've known now know about that punk movement yeah I have to google that later that sounds yeah. awesome <laughs> gotta like we've got some homework now yeah <laughs> you can become crystal punks yeah. oh, that's gonna be my put, band name so put that on my LinkedIn <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my goodness I don't have Twitter, but Twitter handle? 
well, reason to get Twitter then to okay. have a cool name. Why sorted. don't you have Twitter? I don't know. Yeah, it's right, just, Rosie. <laughs> I'm dyslexic. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly don't know. And we have a Twitter for this podcast at Here What's Good, mm-hmm. and I I try like, I go on it to try and figure it out, and I just can't. Yeah. I'm really scared. I'm going to do something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Just doesn't. I'm an Instagram person. Yeah, that's fair I enough. understand the world through visuals. Fair enough. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, do you have a, a favourite piece, Laura? If you're allowed to say. <gasps> like choosing a, a favourite child, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say, this might be betrayal. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, I only have one child, so that's, uh, that's quite easy. But, uh, you made that easy for yourself, <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, I do love the Jennifer West, which is um, the film that you come into in the second room. And she's paying homage to Robert Smithson. Um, going taking footage of Robert Smithson's Spiral Jetty and Robert Smithson's writing was really uh, sort of influenced for this show he writes about crystals he goes um, mineral hunting with people like Donald Judd um, he talks about entropy and things decaying and finding um, he talks about the crystal land um, and then he makes this huge land art mm. in um salt water which is this crystal form and she goes and um she collects uh historic footage of this huge sculpture which is deteriorating and but she also goes there and takes other kind of film footage and then she buries the um material the 16 millimeter film that she's produced in the ground and rubs it in salt crystal and then the whole thing I think I can't remember if you look at the title it's this really long title of all the things that she's done to the um 16 millimeter film before it's then become a digital film which we're showing via you know a liquid crystal display in the in the um it's all connected exactly (laughs) but it's it's really the images are really psychedelic they're really they're almost like one of those old 1960s light shows but it's not done through you know it's done through the material decay of this um material object that's captured this other visual material and then it's gone through this process and so I love the colors and the feel and the um mm-hmm. the immersion of yeah. being in there. that is I'm so glad that's <laughs> one of your highlights because that's absolutely the best room I'm gonna say yeah, it guys it that's was the best room, room. <laughs> I want to party in that room that's I, I think every time I've been here I've taken selfies in that room yeah I like to give people like hey come to this art show and like take an Instagram and then like have a photo shoot with art like it's yeah, a so great I, time <laughs> I think I got a nice photo of you with all the like the light and stuff on your face yeah because I kind of like that you can walk in front of it and then you're kind of in it and like part of it and it's shining on you and then your shadows on the screen and you're like you've entered into this yeah this psychedelic crystal world and yeah really amazing yeah <laughs> would recommend that's where I'm going on holiday yeah <laughs> and then it was I think it was just this sort of moment of delight when we found when I found I mean the team here already knew but that we actually mm-hmm. owned some Robert Smithson works oh, nice. which and those drawings around the back of that yeah. um, structure oh, yeah. so it's this kind of you know and this idea this new age aesthetic and this um you know set of ideas of everything being connected and systems theory and he was really interested in cybernetics Ooh. which is another sort of mini theme in the show which is to do with you know this idea of feedback loops and everything being connected yeah um so yeah so then there were all these nice little dialogues 
started opening yeah. up between artists of different era and that's one of the things I love about art which is you're not just in dialogue with the present you're in dialogue with the past yeah um and so a conversation yeah. can happen over several hundred years between different artists um speaking well maybe one to the other because the other one's dead but the work exists and it exists in a, a sort of different kind of imaginary space yeah that's a really nice way to look that at was it. That's such a good sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Well, I think that probably wraps. Well, I mean, there's obviously millions more to talk about because this exhibition is quite extensive. Yes. But I think what you can take away from it is there is something for everyone. And oh, absolutely. it's always worth taking a trip to the MEMA. So if you're going to do it, and if you've never done it before, this might be the time. It really could be. Yep. <laughs> uh, when is this exhibition on till? I thought you might ask something like that. I think it's the 16th <laughs> of June. We might have to double, does it say on that piece of paper? I think that's the press release, so it'll say somewhere on it. <laughs> yeah, we might, you might have to, we might have to come back to that. Uh, <laughs> it will link it everywhere. Like, yeah. it'll be on yeah, SoundCloud I'm and the blog and stuff. Yeah, looking at this piece of paper. <laughs> oh, on the paper it's got Lillian Lynn stone, which is also one of my favourites. I love those ones, those yeah. Huge, they're rocks and they've got little prisms um, attached to them and the prisms are taken from tanks. Yeah. Oh, wait, those I remember ones. this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you should. <laughs> no, I know. It's because I skipped over it because I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But yeah. now I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I was right, 16th of June. Yay, hey. perfect. And then the exhibition after that is called Fragile Earth. And again, it's, it's got an environmental theme, so oh, I'll that be sounds there. awesome. I'll absolutely be there. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> I love environmental stuff. Yeah, anyone just, who knows me knows this. Yeah, Rosie's <laughs> on a bit of a like a zero waste sort of mission at the minute, and yeah. it's it's a very good mission at the minute and for the rest of my life. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the way we like to end episodes is to kind of talk about something we're looking forward to. It would be a bit of a cop-out to say looking forward to the next ex- exhibition, but you can say that if you want to. But is there anything in particular in like the art world or like just your cool life that you're looking forward to doing or going to see or something like that? <laughs> well, I'm going to Venice <gasps> in eight days or that's, something that's for the cool. Venice Biennale, so that'll be cool. Oh. And well then jealous. I'm going to see the Whitney Biennial in New York. So I have to say, I've got oh, a lot yeah. to look forward to. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, oh, that's wonderful. But it's really difficult to say that without feeling slightly smug. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Be smug. <laughs> you just, yeah, you like work for it. So yeah. own it. <laughs> that sounds so cool. We were just talking about the Liverpool Biennial the other day. And yeah. I think that's not this year. That's next year, I think. So we'll hopefully go to that one. Yep. So stick around, yeah. <laughs> dear listeners. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be doing a few more podcasts between now and then. Yes, well, I hope so. You'd think so, yeah. What well, about you, Alice? What are you looking forward to? Mildly, well, mildly travel-related. We're going to bloody Barcelona, like literally, what day is it now? Like three days Today or something. Today is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Five days we're going to Barcelona and I'm very excited to do that. What you, for art or for fun? For funsies, but I mean, there's also going to be art because that's just our fun at this point. It's who so. we are, yeah. It's we can't fight it. Yeah. And yeah. Alice has never been to Spain or Catalonia. Yes, neither of those ones. Yeah. So it should be good. Well, there's a Macba. Have you been that? No, if you've never been to Spain, you, oh, no, no, you're no. in for a treat. Oh, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's a brilliant, a brilliant um, gallery. Oh, well, I've put it on the list then because yeah. I've done zero planning so far. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and thank you for the recommendations because we say this all the time on this podcast but we love recommendations we almost always 
take them and go with them. Yes. So I'm looking forward to taking a river trip. Oh yeah, fantastic. Because <laughs> yeah. I genuinely am going to do that. I think I love I love a good boat ride anyway. So well, it's um it's a brilliant woman called Rachel at the um, River Shack. I think mm-hmm. she's called. It's, if you Google River Shack, yeah, and she's oh, okay. got this beautiful boat called the Dragon. I forgot what the ser- it's mm-hmm. two words. One of them is dragon. Ooh, and that's nice. one we went. That's a good I'm word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell her I sent you. Oh, I'll I do. Will, I'm yeah. sure she'll give you a free trip. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> it's like not it's not who you know. It's how you know them. <laughs> that's I love that phrase. I say it too much, and it means very little. But <laughs> but yeah, this has been so much fun. It's been awesome. Uh, one thing I actually wanted to ask about because it's kind of looking towards the future and stuff. Something I learned about I think it was the last time I was here is the Mima Art School, our Mima School of Art. Do you want to say a couple of words about that? Because I just know that it's a thing. I don't really know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I was looking, you were looking at my um, planning, my Blackboard planning. I was I trying to find I, yeah, it. Yeah, but I haven't written it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it is a thing. It's an, it's an amazing thing. Um, so we have started the Mima School of Art. And that means we're running foundation courses, BAs, MAs and PhDs. And I've got a whole amazing team of artists, academics working with oh, us at MIMA. And nice. um, so the first intake will start at the end of September. Oh, okay. That so if you want to go to art school, now is your time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really like it, Middlesbrough is a good place for it because there's so much art happening. Like yeah. throwback to the beginning of this episode. There's just so much stuff going on. Yeah, we've been wowed. Yeah. <laughs> we can't get enough of Middlesbrough at the minute. So Well, the art school is just, it's just so awesome. And we basically, you know, you don't go just to art school, you come to MIMA. Yeah. So yeah. All, the whole thing is rooted here in the gallery. Oh, um, so, so is there like, would there be like classes and stuff in the yeah, building? classes, Ooh. workshops. Um, we're building, working on a classroom. Um, lectures and the artists undertaking their research. We're going to do these MIMA Mondays because we're closed to the public on a Monday. Mm-hmm. So it's taken over by the art school on a Monday. Oh. So everyone meets together, does some work, has lunch, um, starts the week. I'm trying yeah, to, I'm realising it's a bit like a, an assembly, right. but that's not no, really no. what I mean. <laughs> Monday's my favourite day of the week because you get to like, yeah, like start your week the way you want to, yeah. you intend to continue. And I mean, art and lunch sounds perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got um, we've got quite a few students signed up, but um, oh, it is really exciting. And we're launching 100 years after the Bauhaus launched. So I oh. think that's kind of auspicious. That's quite, <laughs> that is quite good. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Awesome. Well, that sounds great. Yeah, good yeah. luck and yeah, good luck definitely. to all the students. And, yeah. And get in touch with us and yeah, tell us about your art, art shows. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll be there because we'll have recommendations. Yep. It's like the best way to hear about art is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So nice. Yeah. Well, we've got our degree shows opening here on the 15th of May. So maybe I should plug oh, that Oh, yes, yeah. you should. And we will maybe try and come see that. Yeah. yeah that would be great. Awesome. Yay. Perfect. As if we need more excuses yeah. to come <laughs> to Middlesbrough. <laughs> it's a great show. It's called Artificial and it's 13 artists and they've all looked at this theme from different mm-hmm. um, contexts and they'll be presenting it in their studios. So we've got the, the sort of a, a drinksy bit here and then they'll um, we'll take everybody over to the studios at Parkside. So we kind of get to have a nosy at studios yeah, as behind well. the scenes. <laughs> nice. Which is That's always the best. <laughs> it, is, it truly fun. is. I do love that. 
Well, great. Yeah, thank you so much for having a chat with her. This was awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for turning my office into a makeshift studio. I yeah. love that. Um, <laughs> I really think you need to plug your um, boss who's lent you these. Um, yes, we do. Incredible <laughs> microphones with multicolored stands, which are attached to the table. Yeah, and we're all color coordinated, and they match our outfits, kind of, and. Yeah. It's a great time. It is. Well, shout out to TL Multimedia for all your podcasting and video needs. Yeah, get in touch with Tim. He's good. Canny He's lad. A canny lad. <laughs> He's your boss. Yeah. <laughs> and also a canny lad. Yeah, you can be both. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, perfect. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, as always, get in touch. Yes, we've got Instagram and Twitter at HeyArtWhatsGood. Go and email HeyArtWhatsGood at gmail.com and our website HeyArtWhatsGood.com. With a contact form on it. Yes. Because I really want you to get in touch with me and recommend me where to go. (laughs) Rosie specifically. Like really threatening. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll have links to all the the fun Mima socials and uh, uh, exhibition information and all that good stuff. Yeah, we'll be spamming Instagram with like pictures of everything we've talked about. Yeah. Or I'll try at least. Yeah. (laughs) But not Twitter. (laughs) Yeah, not not Twitter. I'll do do the Twitter. (laughs) Divide and conquer. Yes. (laughs) But never Facebook. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> We're millennials, like, please. Yeah, it's too, too cool for that now. Yeah. <laughs> Okie dokie. Yep. Well, talk to you next week. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>